I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. So today we're talking all about Phyrexia All Will Be One. So I'm going to talk all about the design of the set today. Um, so uh, a little history on the Phyrexians to, to get us to where, we, uh, where the set starts. So in Antiquities, which is the second ever magic set, and the first magic set really with the story, we get introduced to the Phyrexians. Um, they were not, I mean, the, the, uh, Antiquities was the Brothers War. They were not uh, the main villain or anything, but they were definitely, they played a role in it. Um, and it was something that I, I really, Antiquities, before I came to Wizards, was my favorite magic set. Um, I really liked the Phyrexians. So when Michael and I were making the Weatherlight Saga, we decided that the main villains would be the Phyrexians. Um, and then at the end of the Weatherlight Saga, the Phyrexians get wiped out. They're destroyed. Um, but we knew we wanted them back. They're awesome villains. So in Mirrodin, we planted some seeds uh, for their return. Uh, it, it was kind of subtle. If you ever read the book, like Memnarch, like the, beginning, the very first thing, like he sees some oil and he rubs it in his fingers and then it disappears and we stop talking about it. Um, but there are a lot of subtle things in Mirrodin that may, uh, imply that there is something going on. So the Phyrexians are slowly taking over Mirrodin. So we go back to Mirrodin and Scars of Mirrodin. Oh, I should note, in Future Sight, we tease this, um, in Future Sight, there is a colored mirror that has clearly been Phyrexianized, uh, and that is hinting that the Phyrexia is going to overtake Mirrodin. Anyway, a little, a, little, a little tease we did in Future Sight. Anyway, we get to Scars of Mirrodin, um, and that is kind of the beginning of the current storyline. Uh, the idea basically is Karn unbeknownst to uh, himself, uh, carried some Frexian oil to Mirrodin when he made, Cardin made Mirrodin. Uh, and that oil slowly seeps in as infecting everything. So when we come back in Scars of Mirrodin, it's the story of how Mirrodin turns into new Frexia. I've done numerous podcasts on Scars of Mirrodin. Um, but anyway, I was very excited. Like, I, I volunteered to do Scars of Mirrodin because um, I love the Frexians, and I thought it'd be neat to do a Frexian story, a whole block about the Frexians. Um, and at the end of that block, the Frexians win. The bad guys win. They take over Mirrodin. They make new Phyrexia. Uh, and the core issue with the Frexians is they can't... Uh, in the past, they had used planar portals to go between planes. With the mending, the planar portal stopped working. And so the Phyrexians had a couple problems. The biggest of which is they can't planeswalk. They can't move between planes. And so they're kind of trapped on Mirrodin. Uh, or New Phyrexia, I guess, now. So anyway, the, but they're a threat. And all the people that have interacted with them, Karn probably being the biggest, understands the threat that is the Phyrexians. Um, every time we see Karn since Scars of Mirrodin, every time he's like, I, we need to deal with the Phyrexians. The Phyrexians are a problem. Like, he brings it up every time you see him. He knows that's a major issue. Um... And the Frexians are a major issue for Elsbeth and Koth. And there's a bunch of Planeswalkers that, look, the Frexians are number one threat in the multiverse. Um, so we've been slowly building to this storyline um, for quite a while. Um, anyway, so what happened was we're making the, 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 the end of the Frexian storyline. We're, we're sort of ramping up. They've been sort of lurking in the back and small things have been happening. But now it's time for the storyline to come to the large conclusion, right? So part of it is uh, what uh, Lacrosse was the code name for Phyrexia All Will Be One. Um, basically what happens is there's a point in the story where the heroes travel to New Phyrexia to defeat the Phyrexians. It doesn't quite go how they ex expect. Um, 
But anyways, we when we decided to do the Frexians, we, well, one of the issues with the Frexians is the Frexians are a little polarizing. Uh, they're creepy. Some people love the Frexians. Some really get, you know, uh, get the heebie-jeebies from the Frexians. So we wanted to do the Frexian storyline in a way in which they didn't take up too much of any one set. Meaning, if you're if you're not a Frexian lover, don't worry, they're here, but they're not. Um, but we knew we, we needed one set for the Frexian lovers, right? We wanted one set that was like wall-to-wall Frexian. Um, and that was going to be Lacrosse, which is the penultimate chapter of the, this Frexian storyline. Um, I knew I had to do the set. Uh, I, like I said... I, um, I did Scars and Mirrodin. I, I, um, I've been very involved with the Frexians. I, I enjoy the Frexians. I think the Frexians also are an amazing um, villain. They're the best villain I think we've ever made that are made to make magic cards out of, right? Like, Nicole Bolas is, is a cool villain, but he's like one guy, you know, like, you know, one dragon. Um, it, it's trickier. I mean, obviously, when we had Bolas do something, we had to make an army for him. Like, we had to make other cards to represent things. Um, the Phyrexians are this invading force that overtake things, and everywhere they go, they they change what's there into them. So, like, every world you apply the Phyrexians to, the Phyrexians are a little bit different. Um, anyway, we've, we've done a lot with them, and so the first big question was, okay, we're, we're back in New Phyrexia, what will the audience expect, right? So we went and we listed all the different things that are tied to Phyrexians, um, you know, there's a lot of things. Scars of Mirrodin did a bunch of stuff. There's a little bit before that. Mostly Scars of Mirrodin is what put a lot of stuff on the map, that block. Anyway, when the dust settled, we decided there were three things that we thought the players would most associate with, um, with the Frexians. One is poison. Um, in, in fact, is the number one way, but poison in general. Uh, two was proliferate. And three was Frexian mana. Um, all three of those showed up in Scars block. All three of those were, um, well, proliferate and Frexian Mana were very popular. Um, Poison was also popular, but polarizing. I mean, uh, Infect was the number one mechanic, I think. Infect or proliferate was the number one mechanic. They were very close. Um, Anyway, we knew if we're going to do the Frexians, like, we we knew that we, those were the three touch points. So let's start with Poison. Um, We originally had Infect in the set. (laughs) Um... The first version of the file had Infect, had Proliferate, and had Frexian Mana. I think we knew that Frexian Mana was a problem child uh, from a development standpoint, from a play design standpoint. Um, so what we did was, in our first version, we only put it in, in activations. Um, the idea being that when it proliferates in a mana cost, it lets you sort of just get it out quicker. It lets you <coughs> skirt color pie. Um, but if you put it in activations... Well, it doesn't let you get it out quicker, and you've had to play the cover to play the card. So it addressed a lot of the issues we had. So we, <coughs> the idea was, let's just try it only in activations. That was our plan. So that was our very first play test. We played it, uh, and basically the feedback was, wow, this feels a lot like Scars of Mirrodin. Now, since we made original Scars of Mirrodin, we had made Amonkhet, which was another set with minus one, minus one counters, and... One of the notes we got from set design and play design is minus one, minus one counter environments are really hard to do. They're hard to balance. And just the general gameplay, like plus one, plus one counters tend to, you know, advance you. They help, they help sort of build you up, right? That, and that's kind of exciting. 
Mind Zone Runners one is about tearing you down. You don't tend to put them on your creatures. You put them on your opponent's creatures. And just, it weakens things. And um, it kind of magic is better when things get stronger over time than things get weaker over time. Um, anyway, and as a general rule, we try not we try to have one main counter type in a in a premier set as to not be confusing. When you see a creature with counters on it, hey, you, you know what that thing does because oh they're plus one plus one. Oh, or in this set they're minus one minus one. Um, so uh, Ari Ni, um, uh, the the winner of the third grade designer search, uh, she was on the vision design team, uh, and Ari Ari was like. Do we need minus one, minus one counters? Ari really was pushing, instead of in fact, um, she said, what if we did Poisonous? So Poisonous was a mechanic uh, on two, two future shifted cards in Future Sight. Basically, it meant when I deal damage, in addition to my damage, I deal N counters, N poison counters, where N's whatever, you know, Poisonous N. Um, so we, one of the things I realized is I knew minus one, minus one counters was an issue. Oh, the other thing was we were messing around with Proliferate. So Proliferate was very popular. We did in Scars of Mirrodin and interacted with minus one, minus one counters and a little bit of charge counters. Uh, then we brought it back in War of the Spark. And War of the Spark was much more about plus one, plus one counters and loyalty counters because it was Planeswalker set. Um, and I really liked how Proliferate just works really differently when you have different counters you care about. So we came up with this idea of doing oil counters. And so oil counters... Um, are a kind of a blank slate. I mean, they're they're markers more than anything else. But they, you could do a lot of things with them. You could replicate stuff like vanishing, where you put counters on it, and it tick down, and then they go away. You could do limited uses, where they get some number of uses, and then you know, as you use them, you get your uses. Uh, you could do build up. You could do threshold. There's just a lot of cool things you could do with them. Um, and so he said, okay, well, what if, um, like, the issue basically with all three uh, of Poison and Proliferate and Phyrexian Mana, the three Ps, were each one of them had their own problem to solve. Um, Phyrexian Mana, we tried to solve originally by putting only an activation cost. Proliferate, we tried to solve by bringing a new, a new counter type, so it would just interact differently. And Poison... Uh, the idea we had was uh, we would do poisonous rather than infect because we're not using minus one, minus one counters. And then um, we added something we called corrupted. So corrupted was an ability word that said if your opponent has three poison counters, I get a benefit. Um, so I guess I should dive into the issues with poison. So in Scar's block, poison, while it was a lot of fun, was very siloed, meaning Either you chose to go the poison route and you're going to poison out your opponent, or you chose to do damage, you can do damage. It was hard to mix and match poison and not poison. Because when you poison somebody with an effect thing, you weren't doing any damage to them. So if I have infect creatures, I'm advancing on the poison route to kill you, but I'm not advancing on the damage route to kill you. Um, so the, the two big changes we tried, one was using poisonous rather than infect. And so that way, if I hit you with my creature, while I'm doing poison to you, I'm also doing damage to you. Um, the second thing is Corrupted said, okay, let's get off this dynamic of it's all or nothing with Poison. What if Poison could mean something? And so what Corrupted does is it says, okay, I'm going to poison you, but I'm not necessarily trying to poison you to death. That Poison can mean something. So, uh, so actually, I guess we did two things. The biggest thing we did is Corrupted. The other thing we did is we did a little bit of scaling with Poison, meaning 
things that cared about how much poison your opponent had. Um, I think in Vision we, we had more scaling than ended up in the set. The set is a little bit of scaling. Uh, but the idea essentially is I'm going to poison you. My opponent no, doesn't know whether I'm trying to poison you out or just trying to poison you enough. And the other cool thing about Corrupted is let's say I make a deck where the goal is to corrupt you. I'm not trying to poison you to death. Hey, maybe I get lucky and just get a bunch of my creatures, you know, my poison creatures, and maybe sometimes I beat you with poison. Even if that's not my plan, it can happen from time to time. That's fun. You know, alternate, alternate uh, win conditions are very fun. Um, so we put Corrupted in, um, and we put in um, uh, Proliferate and Fractured Mana. Okay. Uh, now, we added a few things on top of those. Um, first up, we were playing with oil counters, and uh, we liked the idea of, well, if we're going to have oil counters enter enough, maybe we make a mechanic called oiled. So what oiled was is oiled N. What oiled N meant was when you enter the battlefield, you enter with N... Po- uh, not poison. Uh, you enter with N... Um, blah, 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 uh, N oil counters. Sorry. Uh, you, you enter with N oil counters... And then we had a rider that said, if you proliferate and you have no oil counters on you, if you're oiled, you get an oil counter. Just to remove some tension about not using your last oil counter. Um, oh, I didn't mention this. Uh, the one rule we set up with oil counters is, in Vision, we gave them a whole bunch of different ways. I think there was like eight ways to use it. Like, you can use it like this, you can use it like these. And the idea wasn't necessarily the set design would use all of them. It was just, look, this is very flexible. There's a lot of ways to use oil counters. And the one rule we had was they had to work well with proliferate, meaning more counters were better than less. So, for example, uh, let's say I want to have a card that for three turns uh, goes away. I could put three on it, then go two, then one. When the last one comes off, it goes away, like vanishing. Or I could put one, two, three, and when it gets to a certain threshold, it goes away. Well, we have proliferate, so we do the first and not the second, right? We would count down, so every time you, you proliferate it, you give it an extra turn. Um, or if I have a number of uses, proliferate gives another use. If I'm re- trying to reach a threshold, it speeds me toward the threshold, uh, but positive thresholds. Um, so anyway, we put oiled in as, just as a way to sort of um, shorthand some stuff and make it a little bit easier to just have cards that enter with oil counters. Um, the other thing we did is we added a mechanic called Relentless. So Relentless was a flashback variant. So the way Relentless worked is it went on instants and sorceries, um, more sorceries than instants, if I remember correctly, um, just because we flashback, the thing you always want to be careful about is you don't want the flashback to um, be relevant mid-combat because you don't want the opponent to not be paying attention about your graveyard, or in this case, exile, and then all of a sudden they're blown out for something that they, sh- they should have known this but didn't see. Anyway, uh, the way that Relentless worked was when you cast a card of Relentless, uh, you would exile it. And then, on any turn that you played a mana, you were allowed to cast this card from exile for its relentless cost. Uh, the relentless cost always used Frexian mana for the colored mana. Um, and then, once it resolved, it would go to your graveyard. So the idea is you could use it once. So it's like flashback you could use once. But it had the additional limitation is you had to play a land. Um, which in later turns meant that I couldn't necessarily, I couldn't necessarily do it each turn. And it meant when I drew a land late turn, it meant something rather than just being a dead draw, um, which we liked. Uh, the final thing that we did um, in vision design is we uh, wanted to make a mechanic for the rebels. So 
real quickly. The Frexians win the war in Scar's Mirror to block, turn into Frexia. But there are some holdouts. There are some Mirrens that, are, that haven't yet been corrupted or completed. Um, and so they're holding out. And we wanted to represent them. I, I think we ended up uh, in draft that are the red-white archetype. Um, I think uh, we actually brought back the rebel creature type. Uh, I think it's on four cards. And we decided we wanted to make a mechanic to represent the rebels holding out. And one of the things we thought would be cool is what if we took something that was a Phyrexian thing that they kind of um, took and made their own? The idea that they're fighting against the Phyrexian. So we looked at the long list of things that were Phyrexian that we didn't do. A lot of the stuff is Phyrexian we didn't do. But the one that stood out to us was Living Weapon. So in uh, Mirrodin Siege, which was the war between um, Mir- the, uh, the Mirrens and the Phyrexians, uh, each side had a mechanic. Um, the mechanic for the Frexians was called Living Weapon. Uh, and Living Weapon were artifacts, equipment, artifact equipment, uh, that entered the battlefield and made a 0-0 germ token, which they equipped to. Now, all of the Living Weapons had granted at least a toughness. Most of them granted power. Um, and the idea being that the thing was kind of alive, that like sort of your equipment was a living creature, sort of. And then if it died, well, then you just got the equipment. Um... So we liked that idea. The idea we, we ended up coming with, I think we called it um, take up arms in vision design, was a living weapon, but instead of a zero zero black germ, it was a 2-2 red rebel. Um, and, and what we found was uh, making the counter already a power and toughness really freed up. Like when we made a living weapon, because it lived or died, like it was a zero zero, the equipment had to survive, make it live, everything was about power and toughness granting, and it just made them a lot more similar. But when we made the tutus, it was okay that some of them could grant. Like, some of them functionally are bigger than tutu because they grant some um, power toughness. We didn't have to do that, and we can make some smaller stuff. Anyway, um, it allowed, it worked out pretty well. Okay, so um, when it was time for Vision Design to hand off, we handed off Poisonous, Polyphoric, Phyrexian Mana in Mana Cost and on Relentless, Relentless Mechanic, um, Oil Counters with the Oiled Mechanic, uh, corrupted, the ability were corrupted, and the take-up arms. So let's talk about what happened in set design. Uh, first up, Poisonous. So um, they liked how Poisonous, but pretty much, um, so the way that the set worked was I handed off the set to Eric Lauer, who uh, was in charge of the set for a couple months, and then he handed the set over to Adam Prozac. Uh, and Adam did the, the vast majority of set design. Um, led it. Anyway, so what happened was... Um, Eric and Adam liked the general gist of how we were doing poison. You know, the combination of it's poisonous, there's corrupted. Um, so, you know, the, uh, you know, when you try to poison people, you're still doing damage. You're, your opponent doesn't quite know whether you're trying to poison them out or just corrupt them. You know, so that it definitely had some suspense of what's going on. And once you start to poison them a little bit, sometimes things just go your way. Um, so anyway, all that was, was playing out. So the, they generally liked what was going on. They made a couple changes. First up was um, we made Poisonous in Future Sight. We didn't quite know. Like, I just So what happened in Future Sight, real quickly, was I wanted to hint that Poison was coming back. So the, what happened was Poison had first showed up in Legends. Uh, and then every once in a while, you know, it, it would be in a set. When I got there, I made a bunch of Poison cards. Um, Originally, uh, 
um, Tempest was supposed to be a poison set. Uh, its code name Bhogavati is like um, this um, Indian mythical land of poison snakes. Like it was, the code name was hinting it was a poison set, which we don't do anymore, but uh, we did back then. Um, but anyway, we decided at the time, we not being me, but r and as a whole, uh, decided that we were going to stop doing poison. So poison went away. I spent a lot of time trying to get poison back. Uh, I tried to get poison back in um, Unglued 2, the set that didn't get made. Um, I tried different ways to get it back. Finally, we were doing Frexian, uh, I'm sorry, we were doing Scars of Mirrodin. And I'm like, okay, if ever there's a mechanic that made sense for the Frexians, it was poison. And I convinced them to let me do poison. Um, oh, but before that happened, in Future Sight, I was trying to tease that poison was going to come back. Uh, I'd finally, I don't know, the poison haters had finally left. I finally had gotten some traction. So in Future Sight, I decided to make a poison mechanic just to sort of hint at poison's return. So I made Poisonous. Um, it was on two cards. One's a sliver. Uh, the sliver was important because it was a pro tour that got won by the poisonous sliver. So the poisonous sliver, I mean, for only two cards, one of them, you know, won a pro tour. So uh, not necessarily a nothing card. Um, but anyway, uh, I just made poisons as a way to sort of say, how could we do poison? Um, when they decided they wanted to do um, basically poisonous, poisonous has two problems. Um, they're well, their problem. Number one is uh, the way we did it in Future Sight, because we were just making mechanic. We weren't fleshing it out. You know what I'm saying? We were just hinting at mechanics. So mechanics got a little less attention than we, like, if we were doing a mechanic where it's our major mechanic, where, like, a lot more time went to it than Future Sight. We're like, here's 15 new mechanics, you know, that we were on one or two cards. We, we spent some time on them, but not as much as we would if we were fleshing it out more. Um, anyway, so we had made it triggered. Um, and nowadays, we just don't make things triggered. For example, Life Link and Death Touch, I think, once upon a time are triggered. They aren't triggered anymore. Um, it just makes endless clicks in digital. Um, and it's, I mean, the, the number one reason is the, the digital thing. Um, it doesn't change how the cards play in 99.9% of situations. So the change is pretty minimal from a mechanical standpoint. But it has huge, huge impacts for its, how it plays on digital. Um, why we change Life Link, it's why we change Death Touch, it's why we change Poisonous. Um, now, if that were the only issue, maybe we would just override Poisonous and use Poisonous. Um, but there was a second issue, which was, it turns out when I made the word Poisonous, I think I came up with the word, um, and it just stuck, because it sounded fine. Um, it turns out that Poisonous means that if you eat me, I will poison you. Oh, that animal is poisonous. That doesn't mean that animal will poison you by biting you. That means that animal will, will poison you for eating it. So poisonous means it is poisonous to eat. Um, venomous, I think, means that it has, it will poison you. Um, anyway, the, so the poisonous didn't quite mean what it was supposed to mean. The, the word was a little bit wrong. And they needed to change it anyway. And there was just two cards. Uh, so they decided to change the name. That's why it became toxic and not poisonous. Um, I know there's some fans who are like, oh, why are these different? And I, I get it. I mean, I think if, I think if the word wasn't wrong, we would have entertained the idea of using it and just er er eroding the old ones to work differently. 
Um, but the fact that the word was wrong and we needed to make a change and, and there was only two cards. I mean, one of the things we always want to look at is what impact are we having on the past? How many cards are there? Um, and it just didn't impact a lot of cards. Yes, one of the cards is kind of famous from a, but it, 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 anyway, it still was a small number of cards. So we, they changed it to toxic. The second thing they did uh, was when I handed over the file to Eric, Eric, um, Eric felt oiled was a little too vague. Like that just entering with counters and the proliferate thing wasn't enough. So I think what Eric did was I think he took off the proliferate thing and then he added um, that oiled counters, he basically turned into vanishing. Oiled four meant you come with four counters and every turn you take one off and then you go away. Um, and I think uh, when it got to Adam, Adam's like, well, I want to use, I, I'm not going to do that much. There's a little bit of vanishing in the set, but not a lot. And it's like, I don't think I need a whole keyword for that. So um, oils went away. So a lot of what oils represent, there's a lot of cards that enter with, enter the battlefield with oil counters. Those are, it's just written out. It's not written as oiled anymore. So a lot of what we were trying to do with oiled exists. Um, as far as the proliferate rider, I think the decision was that a little bit of tension is fine. Hey, if you use the last oil counter or, or, or whatever counter, though, um, we did make the conscious choice. There, there aren't plus one, plus one counters or minus one, minus one counters. Um, we use oil sometimes in the place of plus one, plus one counters. There's some cards that get plus one, plus one for every oil counter on them. So some of the designs in normally in a normal set, we would have done plus one, plus one. We do with oil. Um, but anyway, uh, we... Um, Oiled as a keyword uh, went away, but a lot of the what we were doing with it stayed. Uh, oh, sorry, the proliferate thing. So they decided the tension was fine, and they took they, they decided that we didn't need anything to help you if you, you were empty or something. But you know, just be careful of how you use your counters. A, a little a little bit of tension just make make some interesting play decisions. So they they, they decided to keep that. Um, next, let's get on to Frexian mana. So um, so one of the things that we had decided very early on when we were mapping out the arc was in um, uh, in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, we were going to have a fra- uh, the Frexians figure out how to Frexianize the Planeswalker. That was one of their weaknesses. Um, a lot of the storyline was the Frexians slowly figuring out ways to address their weaknesses. One of which is they, uh, they, they were unable to Frexianize the Planeswalker, or at least I guess it killed their spark. Um, but anyway, through experimentation and stuff from um, Kamigawa, they crack and figure out how to do that. And so that was the first sign that, uh-oh, pay attention, the Frexians are figuring out how to get out of their prison. Uh, and that was the Frexianization of Tamiyo. Uh, and then um, the Frexians show up again in Nukapena. Um, then uh, in um, Dominaria, um, we see a Johnny get, get uh, completed. And then the plan was in the final set, we have five more Planeswalkers. There'll be 10 Planeswalkers in the set, five normal planeswalkers and five completed planeswalkers. And that we, we knew we'd have fun with, oh, which ones are getting completed and stuff like that. Anyway, way back in um, uh, in Neon Dynasty, I had to figure out how to make the planeswalkers, like what does it mean to be a Frexian planeswalker? We knew we were going to have uh, Tamiyo, then a Johnny, then five more in, in, in Frexian. Um, so I tried a bunch of different things. I, I was sort of, it was a project of mine. The leading contender that I came up with was uh, something called Frexian Loyalty. And the idea was that a Frexian Planeswalker could use life in place of loyalty 
uh, on their on their loyalty abilities um, turned out to be hard to balance so they ended up going a different route uh, what they ended up doing is putting Frexian mana in the mana cost and then the completed mechanic says hey if you use your Frexian mana if you pay life rather than mana not only um, do you lose the life but you also start with left loyalty um, and that was a way to allow um, Frexian mana and mana costs by giving an additional sort of cost to it so not only you know, not only are you paying life, but you're also kind of paying loyalty, essentially. Um, uh, we locked that down. Uh, that didn't get locked down while Frexia was in vision design. Um, so set design ended up doing that. But once we sort of figured out that's how Tamiya worked, then that's how Johnny worked, and that's how the Planeswalkers worked in uh, Frexia. So um, Adam and his team and the play design team spent a lot of time working on both the five normal Planeswalkers and the five Frexian Planeswalkers. But anyway... I bring it up because uh, we had said no Frexian mana in mana costs. This is one way where they found to do it. So there is five Planeswalkers that are Frexian mana in their mana cost. So there are cards in the set with Frexian mana in the mana cost. Uh, Relentless, I think what happened was Adam had decided there was just a little bit too much going on. As is normally the case in Vision, we want to give them a little more than they need to give the uh, set design team some flexibility, right? If you give them exactly what they need and something doesn't work out, then they have to make something. But if you overshoot a little bit and give them a little bit more than they need, they can sort of pull back when they want to pull back, uh, and it, it just gives them more flexibility in building the set. So it turns out the set didn't need Relentless. There was plenty going on. Um, and Adam was also a little bit nervous about having too much Frexian mana. So when the, when the dust settled, there are five Planeswalkers that have Frexian mana in their mana cost, and I think there are three cards that have Frexian mana in their activation costs. So, kind of what we were doing in Vision, just he, he got rid of Relentless and he pulled it down a little bit. So, there's a little bit in the set. If you like Frexian mana, it's there. You know, there's eight cards with Frexian mana. So, it's not nothing, but it, it is not... Um, it definitely is more of a seasoning, a little, you know, a, a little bit of a flavoring rather than a large thing. Um, proliferate basically stayed the same. Um, I mean, as they adjusted, like, the big thing, I guess, is... We gave them a lot of options to what to do with oil counters. Um, we gave them, like I said, I think it was eight options. They ended up choosing five. Um, there is limited use, meaning I get so many oil counters and every oil counter lets me do something or every a number of oil counters let me do something. There's threshold where I get enough oil counters, something happens. There's countdown where I get oil counters to begin with, they go away, and then um, when they're gone, uh, I go, I go away, the card goes away. Um, there was some cards that care about how many things you have that have oil counters on them. So there's a little bit of like oil counter matters. Um, uh, I think that's, I might be missing one. Anyway, so they found out the, the ways that they thought oil played best. They made a nice economy with oil. They made a nice economy with poison. Um, oh, take up arms basically stayed the same. Um, they did change the name. So it went from take up arms to formirded with an exclamation point. Um, not a lot of mechanics with exclamation points. Um, so uh, I think that's what else. Let's see. Um, I do know. Uh, so talking with Adam, Adam said that um, poison was tricky. So here's what we did. Uh, let, let me let me sort of cut a little deeper with some of this. So one of the things we did with poison is we decided to put poison into three colors. Uh, and we did this in vision design, and they didn't change it in set design. They stayed with it. Um, so what we did was we put it into white, 
green and black. Uh, the idea was uh, white was uh, about going wide. So white only has toxic one, uh, poisonous one in vision design. But um, So white only has toxic one plus uh, one of the counters we made for the set uh, are called might counters. Might counters are one one um, creature tokens, white creature tokens that can't block that have toxic one. And so the idea about them is you want to build up a whole bunch of might and then I can try to attack you in a, you know, that I want to attack you with a large enough group that some of them get through and they poison you. Um, then we decided for green, green was going to be the big, the big toxic number. Um, it had larger creatures that did more poison. So it has, um, I think the largest one is toxic six. Um, but it has, you know, it has, whereas white is all toxic one, green, I mean, green has some toxic one, I believe, but it has, uh, you know, between toxic one and toxic six. Uh, I don't know if there's a toxic five, but anyway, there, there is various toxics. But, so green is a little more like, I get out a few big creatures and hit you to kill you, not necessarily lots of little ones. Um, and then black kind of split the difference. I think black has some toxic twos, but it's all toxic one and twos. Um, but black does have some way um, to grant you some poison counters. Um, also, corrupted is in the set. And not corrupted, and corrupted is in the set. Uh, proliferate's in the set. So proliferate originally we had in blue, black, and green, I believe, originally. Um, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. We had it in, we had it originally in blue, red, and green is what we had it originally. Uh, it turns out that color is why red is not great for, like, just kind of building up things, building up counters is not super red. Um, so red did, red does care about oil counters, manipulates oil counters, counts oil counters, um, but we only put a little bit of proliferating in red. We ended up putting um, more in black. So I think blue, black, and green are the proliferate counters, colors in the set. Um, so the cool thing about poison is, and then uh, corrupted, we ended up putting in white and black primarily. I think it shows up a little in some other colors, but it's mostly white and black. Um, and so the idea is you can mix and match these in different ways. So for example, um, white and green, is more about um, getting poisonous creatures and attacking with them, but because green has a little, there's a little bit proliferating green. Where if you go something like blue green, it's a lot more about getting some poison with green, but then just doing a lot of proliferating. So that's a more slowly controlling deck. Um, white black has poisonous creatures, but it has corrupted. So it's less about defeating you with poison and more about poisoning you just enough that it's getting. Um, bonuses that will then let it help you defeat you with damage. Um, and so we, there was a nice suite. Um, uh, when I talked with, I, I interviewed, before I read my articles, I always will interview the set design lead just to get a set, just, you know, make sure I understand everything that happened. And, and so Adam and I interviewed Adam. Um, and he said he thought Corrupted was kind of the glue that really made Poison work. That... Um, I mean, it helped that uh, Toxic does damage additional to poison. Um, but the idea that I'm trying to poison my opponent, but my opponent isn't quite clear what I'm up to, you know, you know, because like if, if they're trying to just corrupt me, okay, maybe I can, you know, like, like am I supposed to stop the, like, there's a lot of interesting questions. Like normally, for example, when someone's going to poison you out, you can ignore the first couple of poisons. I don't have to worry about the first couple of poisons. Like they got to get to 10, whatever. I'm going to ignore you. 
Um, but with corrupted, it's like, oh, maybe it's not even, maybe they're not even trying to get me to 10. Maybe it's the first three that matter. So it makes poison relevant right away. It changes the dynamic of what to care about. And it allows decks that sort of mix poison and damage in ways the Scars of Mirrodin really couldn't do. Um, and so it really made a dynamic play environment. So I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the other thing that I really turned out great was using oil counters in place of the plus one, plus one, or minus one, minus one. It just makes a very different feel. Um, and I, I think that one of the cool things about oil is they are less defined, meaning that there's a lot of stuff we can do with them. The, the fact that um, you can make an oil deck that cares about oil counters, and it really can vary in, in what you're doing. Like, different colors use oil differently, so, like, there really is a neat dynamic to oil counters that adds something. Um, and it does a cool thing in that proliferate, you want proliferate to have a couple options of what it's doing. Um, obviously there is a, a poison proliferate deck where you're using proliferate to poison out your opponent. Like, like I said, the green blue control deck, but it also can interact with oil in fun ways where it's not at all about poisoning my opponent. It's more about, you know, playing around with oil and doing neat things. And one of the things whenever you're making a set is when all the component pieces blend together, but each have their own independent gameplay, you can get a lot of really fun things going on. And I think the mix between Poison and Corrupted and Oil um, do a lot of neat things and really make for a dynamic system. Um, also, uh, for Mirrodin worked out really well. I think it did a really good job of creating the sense of, you know, having the Rebels and it, it gave Red, White an identity and limited and stuff, so that's really cool. Anyway, guys, so sorry, I had some extra time today. It's a little traffic, so... But luckily, there was lots to talk about, because Rexia All Will Be One is awesome. Okay, guys, anyway, I hope you enjoyed my sort of talk through the design. Um, but I am now at work, so we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to make it magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.